So welcome back again to the second part of the program. My name is John Keeley, uh, still joined by Shane Ambrose on the other end of the Skype line, and also joining us on the telephone is Father Shane Seamus Am- uh, Enright, who is the rector of Mount St. Alphonsus uh, Monastery, Redemptist Monastery here in Limerick. And again, you're welcome again, Father Seamus, and thanks again for joining thanks, us. John. Of course, you were going to share with us um, in a few minutes um, about your novena, which starts on the 15th to the 23rd of June. But just before that, it's the novena... For a lady of perpetual help, and maybe a few of our listeners just might want to know a little bit more about a lady of perpetual help, how it came to being, and so on and so forth. Could you share a little bit with us, please? Well, over 150 years ago, Pope Pius IX gave the original icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help into the care of the Redemptress. And when he gave the icon into our care, he gave us a mandate, and this is unusual for a religious congregation excuse me, to have such a specific mandate, but he gave us the mandate to make Mary known throughout the world as the Lady of Perpetual Help. So we've been trying to do that ever since. The icon, of course, is is an ancient icon. Before coming into our care, it was in the care of the Irish Augustinians in Rome. The Irish Augustinians had, of course, fled Ireland during the penal times to set up seminaries on the continent. Now, they didn't flee the country completely, of course, because they kept um, coming back, but they had to set up their seminaries and their formation houses abroad. So they had a little church in Rome, St. Matthew's. The icon was venerated there um, for hundreds of years. And when the French invaded Rome after the French Revolution, they destroyed the church of St. Matthew. The Augustinians fled and took the icon with them. But they went to a church where there was already a devotion to Our Lady of Graces, so they put the icon away in their own private chapel, and it vanished from sight. And it was lost, really, but not forgotten for for quite some time. And in the 1850s, the Redemptors decided to build a headquarters in Rome. So we bought land. Father Douglas, who had been one of the founders of the Redemptors community here in Limerick, funded it from his own um, family estate and they built the church of St. Alphonsus and this was very close to where the old Augustinian church of St. Matthew had been and it's a long story but the shortened version the Redemptors got to hear about the icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help from a variety of sources they tracked it down and discovered that the Augustinians had it um, asked the Pope to ask the Augustinians to transfer the icon into the care of the Redemptress. So when the Pope asks you to do something like that, you just do it. Now, there's an interesting story, of course. The Pope said that in return for the icon, we should give another painting of Our Lady to the Augustinians. But the prior of the Augustinians at the time, Father O'Brien, said that um, they'd rather a financial donation, that they were very poor at the time. So the Redemptors made a donation, a significant donation at the time. So the icon to our care um, was badly in need of restoration, but eventually was restored and was placed for veneration in the Church of St. Alphonsus, the headquarters of the Redemptors in Rome. If people are in Rome, it's on the Via Mirilana, which is very close to the Basilica of St. Mary Major. So that's the Roman bit of the story. The make or known mandate... Um, resonated with the Redemptress. So we began making copies of the icon. 
and one of the earliest copies um, came to Limerick. It came here in December of 1867, and so we're celebrating 150 years of devotion to Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Limerick. So in 1968 and ni- 1868 and 1869, the people of Limerick, mostly the men in the Holy Family Confraternity, built the shrine. If you know our church, you'll know the beautiful shrine. So they built the shrine to, as a home for the icon. So it's been venerated here since December of 1867. And in the shrine, um, since the shrine opened on the Feast of the Assumption, the 15th of August in 1869, and the devotion has been uninterrupted. Um, we say that the shrine is at the heart of Limerick life, and it has been that for 150 years. People come all the time to, to pray before the icon. And then the high point, of course, is the novena every year in June. Thanks for that, Seamus. Just before we start to speak about the uh, about the the novena, um, a few people might need a little bit of um, explanation as to the difference between a painting and an icon. Can you tell us a little bit about? Well, no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not an art expert, um, and I'm sure technically there's no difference that I, as I understand it, but it's the religious significance. I think icons in the tradition of the Eastern churches from where icons come. Icons were um, painted as a, as a religious exercise. The icon writers or the icon painters were mostly monks and nuns, and they did this in a profoundly spiritual way. They made the paints, they, they fasted, they prayed. So all of that praying and fasting and spiritual energy um, went into the, the icon, and they're, they're highly symbolic, of course. Um, the icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help is probably a little bit less um, formal than some other icons because it was painted on the island of Crete where there were Italian influences at work, so the features of Our Lady of Jesus are a little bit more, a little bit less stylized than they might be in, in a normal icon. And the icons are considered to somehow make present the mystery that they represent. And they're seen as really gateways into heaven. And, and I think the icon here in Mount St. Alphonsus um, is such. Um, you know, people have been praying here for, before the icon for 150 years. I think that the praying of the people has rubbed off on the icon. I think the energy of people's prayers has rubbed off on the icon. And I think the icon, which was holy um, from the beginning, has, been, has had its meaning deepened and transformed by the prayer and, and the faith of the people. Eliot has a line about stones, the stones of ancient churches and monasteries, about stones being made holy by the praying that went on in the building. So I think the icon here has been made holy um, by the praying of, of the people who come to the church. Now... Normally, you don't get a close-up view of the icon. It's in the shrine, has been there for 150 years. It's actually quite up, high up, so you pray from a distance. But this year, on June the 27th, which is the Feast of Our Lady of Perpetual Help, um, to celebrate 150 years of devotion in Limerick, we're actually going to take the icon out of the shrine, and we're going to take it to the high altar for a day. 
so that people can come and pray close up, as it were, and, and, and see the detail of the icon as they're praying. So it'll be a once in a it'll be a once in a lifetime opportunity on the 27th of June, and the icon will go back into the shrine then again, and probably won't come out for another 150 years. Father Seamus, thanks, thanks for giving us that background. I think it's a nice way to lead in to speaking about the Novena this year. So the Novena starts off 15th of June. The Novena starts on the 15th of June. It starts on Friday. And of course, a Novena comes from the Latin word for nine day, for nine. So it runs for nine days from June the 15th to June the 23rd. Um, we have 10 celebrations every day. Times are... 7 in the morning, 8 and 10, 11.30, and then a lunchtime session at 1.10, then 4.30, 6, 7.30, and 10.30. You'll find all that information on our website, novena.ie, and we're also doing some advertising on West Limerick Community Radio and in the local papers. So there are a good few sources of information with the details of the Novena, as I say, starting at 7 in the morning, going on until 10.30 in the evening, and about every hour and a half um, in between. The focus this year will be on celebrating family. Um, we're taking Pope Francis's letter on the family as, as a basis for our preaching, because we're, we're preparing, as is the whole Irish Church, for the World Meeting of Families in August and for the visit of um, Pope Francis to Ireland. Some people will know I went to Rome on behalf of the prisoners here in Limerick to try to persuade um, the Pope to, to visit Limerick Prison when he's in Ireland, but I had a nice little meeting with him, but unfortunately um, he's not coming to, to, to visit us, but we'll, we'll go to see him in Dublin. Well done, well done. So the idea is, of course, to celebrate uh, this year's Novena um, entitled Celebrating Family. Who do you have talking to us this year, Father Seamus? Uh, the preachers are Father Dan Barragri. Dan is, of course, the Limerick man. He's the provincial of the Redemptress, Father Jerry Maloney. Jerry is a member of the community here in Limerick, and he's from June, and he edited Redem Reality, our magazine, for many years. And Walsh is a Redemptress lay missionary from Newfoundland in, in, in Canada. And Peter Hill is a redemptorist. He's from Dominica in the Caribbean, but at present he works in the redemptorist community in San Antonio in Texas. So um, quite a, an international team, I suppose, to reflect the, the changing face of Limerick and the changing face of Ireland. We will have a priest from Ukraine as well, and he'll be able to hear confessions in Russian and Polish as well as in Ukrainian. We have a priest from Indonesia who recently joined our, our community. Um, different people here can hear confessions in, in, in French and in, in Portuguese. So we're always doing our best to try to respond to the needs and the ever-changing needs of the people around us. Now, there's some special sessions. Um, there's one for the there children. There are. Mm -hmm. On Sunday, the 17th of June at 4.30 in the afternoon, we have a blessing of babies and young children. That goes back for years, really. We won't have Mass at that time on Sunday, June the 17th at 4.30. It's just a blessing of babies. On Monday, the 18th of June at 11.30, we have a special Novena celebration for First Communion classes. And schools from quite a radius um, come to that, and, and it's a lovely gathering. So 
if you're listening to me, if you have a First Communion class, um, if you haven't been in contact with us yet, there's still time to get on to us. Then we have the Sacrament of the Sick on the 23rd of June at 11.30. And as I say, all this information is on novena.ie. Then we have a counseling service from... We have confessions, we have a reconciliation day on the 19th of June, so quite a varied programme. And you always say, Father Seamus, that every, everybody is welcome to this novena. Yes, and I'd like to emphasise that again, that, that everybody is welcome. Um, everybody is always welcome here at Mount St. Alphonsus, um, everybody is welcome in God's house, and everybody is, is particularly um, welcome at the novena. Okay, so again, to just remind us again, it starts up again this Friday the 15th. We're starting on Friday the 15th. We go for nine days up until the 23rd. We have 10 celebrations each day. <clears throat> we begin at 7 in the morning. We end at 10.30 in the evening. And you'll find all the information on novena.ie. And, of course, if you can't come into Limerick to us, uh, we will broadcast or stream all the Novena celebrations on Novena.ie. So if you're in a nursing home or if you're unwell, if you're housebound, um, you can join the Novena um, online uh, as well as physically coming to us in Mount Central Fonses. And people all over the world, um, we've noticed that over the past few years, people all over the world um, join us online um, for the Novena. Last year, we had some very sad messages from American soldiers in Iraq and in Afghanistan who were joining us online and who were living, of course, in, in fear of their lives. And whatever we think of the political decisions around the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, I think we have to have a room in our heart and a room in our praying for the individual soldiers who are caught up in this and for the people uh, among whom they're serving. So people all over the world join us. Father Seamus, thanks a lot for coming on and sharing that good news with us. Um, it's, it's, um, it's a beautiful celebration. I, I, I go there every year myself, and I know lots of people from the county will be there. So thanks oh, again. Yeah, from all over. Thanks again for all those people, for all, for, for all of your team there, for putting on uh, such a wonderful Thank event you. for us each year. Thank you so much. Thank now, you. at this part of the programme, we might go out for a second piece of music, and you've chosen another piece of music there, Father? Yeah, I've chosen a piece, really. Um, Dolores O'Riordan um, singing the Ave Maria. Um, the high point of Dolores's life was singing for the Pope. I was talking to Eileen, her mother, lately about that. But I, Dolores spent a lot of her life in the shadow of Mount St. Alphonsus. She went to the model school, um, she went to Laurel Hill, um, and Eileen was telling me, loved this church and loved the shrine of Our Lady of Perpetual Help and often went to Mass here as a young person. So in, in, in memory of, of Dolores and as a tribute to Eileen, um, her mother, um, I'd like to play um, the Ave Maria. Thank you so much. Okay, so let's do this.
to keep me.